Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil Ecolona, and this is Nashville. When you want to listen to new music these days, you have a lot of options in front of you. You can open a streaming device and hope the algorithm is pretty kind to you. You can send out a music-themed SOS on social media, but who knows what you'll get? Or you can do it the old school way and simply turn on the radio. Set your dial to 91.1 FM and you're in business. Why? Because you're tuning into WNXP, the new music experience. For over two years, our sister station has been breaking some of the groups and artists that are on the ascent in the music world. Who are the people behind WNXP? What drives them? what to seek out what's new and what's hot. Today, we'll meet some of those voices and the folks who work behind the scenes. And who better, who's a better person to kick us off than the person who's in charge of it all? He's at the helm, ladies and gentlemen. WNXP program director is a familiar voice to WPLN listeners. Jason Moon Wilkins is here. Jason, thanks for being with us. Thank you for asking me to be here, Khalil. It's fun. I, I still, every once in a while, have to, like, you know, fight the urge to say, WPLN News, um, you know, <laughs> and there's still some people I'll run into. They'll be like, can you just say that? <laughs> nice. Well, it's good to have you back on our airwaves for a second. Oh, yeah, it's fun. Okay, so WNXP is coming up on its third anniversary. You guys have planned a lot going on. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But sure. talk to me about the station itself. How did it really come to be? Yeah, um, you know, we launched during lockdown, which was... A very interesting, to say the least, time to do anything. But in hindsight, I've been able to, like you said, coming up on this third year anniversary, look back and go, you know, what were the the negatives are obvious. The distance, the inability to build chemistry even within a team because constantly you're fighting who might or might not be exposed to COVID. It was difficult. But, you know, the good thing was being in a situation where the spotlight wasn't too glaring on you, you know, you were allowed to be creative in the way you developed. You were allowed to make more mistakes because, honestly, you weren't that big. Uh, no one was noticing as much. So there was a real gift of that. And also it allowed us to really work on the editorial, the on-air, the programming piece of it exclusively. We couldn't be out. Mm-hmm. We couldn't, you know, a big part of what radio stations do, they are multi-platform entities. You know, we do events. We go out in public. We are engaged. When you couldn't do that, when all you could do is focus on the music that we play, the editorial that we're coming up with, um, all of those elements, then we really were able to fine-tune that in a way that I think by the time we were able to get out in public, as things sort of rolled out by the end of 2021 and moved into 2022, you know, we were more prepared for that, especially with a crew that, and I know we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, that was very much intentionally put together to not walk in with a whole lot of baggage of this is how radio is done. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to approach it in a different way. A little bit of a blessing in disguise, you would say. Yeah, weirdly to say some about, you know, a worldwide pandemic, but as far as um, the way that we were pulling this together and trying to pull it off, there were positive elements in the middle of what, at the time, honestly, did not feel very positive. Mm, so, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Now, as we said, you were a very popular voice on the WPLN airwaves for some time. But so, some folks may not know your history. 
in the music industry. Give us a quick breakdown of your background in music. Oh, man. Um, so I moved here in 93, like a whole lot of people, to play music. Went to Belmont. And um, back back in the day, there was no garage band or anything like that. The big attraction for me to come to Nashville and go to Belmont, it was one of the few schools where you had a real studio on campus. Mm-hmm. So instead of paying some random dude in the suburbs, like <laughs> way too much money to record at his sketchy house, uh, I could go to school, you know, you know, put your, uh, put your, your loan dollars to work and go record. And it was a great education for that. Um, and then I was able to play music. I was able to work on the other side of things. I did management. I did a big festival and conference here called Next Big Nashville that some people might recall, although uh, most people have moved here in the last five to ten years, so maybe not. I was on the radio some early on in the 90s. Uh, There was a station called Thunder 94 that I was a very young music director with. So lots of different touch points. So depending on – and music journalism worked for the – for the newspaper here, the Tennessean had a weekly, and I was, you know, um, part of that whole world. So I've touched all these different elements in Nashville over over time, and honestly, a lot of that work has led to an understanding of what it takes to run a radio station these days, which is not just a radio station. Mm-hmm. You know, in the 90s, honestly, that was a much easier job. You were yeah. a behemoth, you know. What you did was you went around, you saw bands, you played stuff on the air, and those people were big, you know, because of the power you had. And now... You know, we're looking at how we engage from an editorial standpoint online, how we engage with events, um, how we engage in social. There's all these different elements to it. And because I had all this different experience in Nashville, it really has helped in the way we approach things here. Where did the emphasis for discovering new music come from? Well, we, we actually did research, too. You know, here for National Public Radio, we were laying out right before, I mean, literally right before lockdown hit, we were laying out our strategic plan for what we wanted PLN to be. Um, we were talking about a one-hour daily news show, mm-hmm. and we were talking about music. And one of the stations that we felt like, you know, was an aspirational station was KUTX down in in, uh, in Austin. And we were able to see what they did in the balance of new music and old music, how they were able to be this really influential piece in their community. And they're not alone. KCRW does this in Los Angeles. KEXP does this in Seattle. Um in, in the way that they were also very intentional in their inclusivity with their playlist and the artists they were focusing on. Um, and and with, with the research they were doing as part of the strategic planning, too, it came back saying, hey, this market wants music discovery and it wants eclectic music discovery. Two years it's been, over yeah. two years, going mm-hmm. on three. Give me a few of your personal highlights from that time. Oh, man. Um this is probably going to sound cheesy, but it's just true. It really has been the team and in building this team that I've just I've been so lucky that these folks were around and available and what they've been able to do. You know, Marquise Munson um, was working in sports and now he, you know, featured in magazines in Nashville. He's getting stopped on the street. You know, um, Celia was working in, in raising money for the Elephant Sanctuary and this voice and this personality that just had to be on the radio. So it's it's really, you know, my highlights are tuning in and hearing them, what they've been able to do. Uh, Emily Young, Justin Barney, Dan Diggs, Jude Mason, you know, Aaron Monty, um, just this incredible crew that all have their own highlights. So, yeah. What was, what what's different about them? It sounds, sounds like you chose people for very specific reasons. Yeah. They're tastemakers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, so this guy, uh, John, up at KXP in Seattle, he says, you know, when he's choosing people for this station, 
Um, there's critical points like you got to be willing to fund drive. It's public radio, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> You've got to be, um, you have to be decent on the radio. You got to know how to talk and be comfortable doing that. But in the end too, you know, you're finding people whose specific tastes are complementary, And that was a really big part of what we were doing. It's, um, well, I'll tell you some, something relatively negative, uh, actually greatly influenced something that I was already feeling, which was, I wanted to build something that was, um, that, that was multidimensional, you know, that you were looking uh, through different lenses. But I was at a radio station, and they were having a music meeting, determining what songs they were going to play. And almost every single person in that room was not only, you know, uh, ethnically the same, they were age-wise about the same, and their backgrounds were about the same. Mm-hmm. So guess what? <laughs> when they played this song, they all either agreed or disagreed on it. And in that homogeneous nature of that, it's like, that's not what we were trying to do. And it's not what Nashville has been wanting out of a station like this for a long time. So to be able to, I mean, honestly, another gift of pandemic was that there were more people available. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to talk to folks like Aaron Montu, who's really into electronic music. You know, Dan Diggs, who just surveys the international scene, you know, um, we were able to reach out to these people and get them on board in our station in a way that helps us hopefully have that kind of deep and diverse playlist. Now you guys do what old school radio used to do a lot. You break records and, and you yeah. break bands and artists, namely the band Wet Leg. You all were playing them way before they got famous. They recently won a Grammy. Let's check out one of their songs that you featured as Record of the Week back in April of last year. Here is Chase Lounge by Wet Leg. got a rockin' vibe. Who on the team first brought Wet Leg to WNXP? Uh, that was me. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's not like I found this sitting on the side of the road, right? There's there's a music business, and sometimes we pretend that doesn't exist. I worked in it. It exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are people who are, it's their job to send out music. There are labels who still matter. Uh, I want to make sure and give props to those people. Domino Records signed that band. You know, and they're sending out music. Now we get, I mean, literally hundreds every other day. Um, But, you know, you look around to to the people who you respect. um, And that was just one of those songs that it's just funny listening to it now. I mean, look, it's it's goofy, um, but it was of the moment. It also it it had a chorus that wasn't a chorus. It was just music. You know, Mm -hmm. it had all these different elements that screamed probably not a radio song. Uh, it took a long time, honestly, for, you know, quote unquote, alternative radio to catch up to that a year after we began playing it. 
They ended up winning multiple Grammys, as you said. You know, um, Harry Styles ends up covering them. Like all this stuff happens, but the way that the music business is now, it is primarily a streaming service focused business, understandably so. But um, in the virality, you know, really a TikTok focused business a lot of these days. Yeah. And so a lot of stations, especially commercial stations, are playing catch up. They're looking, you know, does your band have X amount of streams? Okay, cool. If not, we're not going to play you. Mm-hmm. You know, who is this you know, random TikTok person decided is going to be a hit today? That's who we're going to play. And we still have the, to your point, the old school idea of we do trust our ears. We, we've hired people whose ears we trust. And we're going to go and look for stuff, find things, and we're not going to hit every single time, but we're going to find cool stuff. I guarantee you that regardless of whether you end up liking or disliking, you're either probably going to shazam it or you're going to wonder, what is this? Uh And and if so, then I think we're doing our job. As we move forward into the third year for WNXP, what can we expect? You know, really um, two things. Talking earlier about events, we're going to be out there more. Uh, it has been a slow build. We've only had a handful of full-time people. In order to do events, I've done events before, it takes a lot. Um, so we're moving into that territory thanks to the work of Emily Young and the other people on staff more and more. And then in the digital world, you know, we have been a little bit limited. Again, staff-wise, we're about to hire someone new in that because it's one thing to just post something on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And it's another thing to really engage with people because mm-hmm. at this point, people expect you to be everywhere. Yeah. And that is easier said than done. So that, that's, that's the job is to get out there in where people are physically and where they are digitally and let them know what we're doing. All right. Jason Moon Wilkins is the program director for WNXP. Jason, thanks for being here, man. Thank you, Cliff. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll meet some of the familiar voices on WNXP and learn about their dedication to music journalism. Who's your favorite WNXP personality? You can tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Ekelona, and this is Nashville. All right, we're exploring the new sounds that come from our sister station, WNXP. They're coming up, as you heard, they're coming up on three years of bringing new music to our ears. And we just learned about the mission of the station and their focus on new emerging artists and bands. One thing that sets WNXP apart is their dedication to music journalism. It's one thing to play a great tune from an artist. It's totally another when you enter the environment where that artist created the song. It's the story behind the music that WNXP specializes in. And here to talk about that is Justin Barney, Assistant Program Director at WNXP. Justin, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, Khalil. I love being here. Love talking to you about music. How's everything going? You doing well on this Monday? Yeah, I uh, just walked over the short walk from WNXP. I'm technically on the air right now. I set us up for success playing a couple songs over there, but now I am uh, over here. So doing two double pl- time. Two on- places at one That's time. That's right, baby. Your dedication is admirable. Okay, so <laughs> ask me that. answer this for me. Was I accurate when I was talking about the station's dedication to music journalism? Oh, that is, uh, I mean, that's literally what drew me to the station. I mean, I have, I started, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I worked for a fantastic radio station there, 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. And uh, um, I started like looking around for other places 
And uh, because I came up there being like, music journalism makes sense in radio. It's funny because it's like when you think about like music journalism is like in a weird spot right now because, um, you know, print media doesn't really doesn't really translate doing print media for music and music journalism on the radio where you can actually hear the song. You can like talk about like, hey, this person really does this in the song. And then you hear it is that's magic. That's like that's where radio journalism needs to be happening. And honestly, there are extremely few places in the country that do music journalism like that. Like, mm. honestly, like I know the radio stations. I have I've been in this industry for 10 years. I can name every single one in every single city. And really, it was the music journalism that WNXP is doing, like on like the work of Julie Height. We got Celia Gregory sitting right next to me and Marquise. And like the, the work that they have been doing is absolutely incredible and unparalleled in the music industry. And not only does it make nashville more important you know it makes it makes a difference to all these artists that we're doing and makes the most sense for music journalism so that is what drew me here from working 10 years in radio milwaukee right, so here's an example of yeah. that um senior or nashville public radio senior music writer julie height she did on the igg band of group that formed in the 80s made up of students from meharry medical college we're going to listen to a part of that right now That's the daily soundtrack for a doctor in training. Back in 1979, a few students at Meharry Medical College were also very into these sounds. Clifford Becker took part in those record listening sessions. At first, he and his peers pretended they were the ones laying down the licks coming out of the speakers. Then they just decided to do it. You notice that Kendall knew how to play guitar, Murray knew how to play bass. I was fiddling around with the flute, teaching myself, and somebody just kind of was like, let's do some band stuff to see if we can get some more people in this. We are What stands out about that for you? It's like, like, like you hear what I'm saying about like, if you read that on the internet, it just like, those are just words on the page. But when Julie Hyde sets it up, you got the beeping, you've got Julie laying it down. You got the song coming in. You have uh, the guys talking. It's like that, like that is theater of the mind. Like there's nothing, no other form of journalism, of music journalism that makes sense the way that it makes sense on the radio. And also that story, it's just fun. Mm -hmm. It's guys that are doctors now who had a funk band. Who's telling that story? Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's just a fun story to hear. It's like technically it's not like news, but yeah. it is like it's a fun story that, um, you know, that's what we're here for. Like we are talking on the radio right now because we love hearing people talk and we love hearing stories being told. And when you got Julie out there like hunting for it, that is, hmm. that's gold. We had Julie on to talk about them on the This Is Nashville earlier. Uh, it was really cool, really a lot of fun. And I want to introduce now another voice that I think a lot of you are familiar with. She is the morning host at WNXP, Celia Gregory. She's one of the best in the business. Celia, Jeez. welcome back to the show. <laughs> Grease that palm so you could compliment me on air on your station. That's Thanks, right. Kilo. So you know, you're this voice. People trust. They get their day. They get their days started with you. What? How did you get started in doing this? Was this always like a lifelong dream? 
I mean, yes and no. I was like tearing up, uh, which I do often up here, <clears throat> the resident crier in chief. It's not my official title. But <laughs> when Jason was talking about building a team and saying I just had to be on the radio, that is um, really nice that he believed that and gave me this shot. It was not a career goal of mine. I've never made money in music until now um, because it was just a hobby. I was a college radio DJ and then went headlong into nonprofit stuff. So now I get to do both, right? Music, radio, music journalism, which I did go to school for, is copy, you know, print journalism, and then having fundraising and, and other nonprofit experience and other uh, sort of sectors has really meant that this is a dream job because it's a nonprofit radio station and I get to talk about music and write about music. Can That's I just, best. can I say something about yeah. you? Yeah. I like, I like resident like 10 years in the music industry in, <laughs> in radio, but like I've listened to a million DJs and like Celia has this thing that not a lot of people are able to do. Like the thing, like when you're in, when you're in the booth, you know, when you're on the radio as a music DJ, you are talking to no one. And <laughs> it's lonely in there. It, it's like, like literally like you're just, you're talking in a microphone to no one. And the hardest thing to do is to sound like you're talking to someone. Mm. And Celia has this knack for always talking. Talking to you. There's thousands of people listening all at once, and people t kind of tend to go over the top and like kind of address everybody as a group. But Celia, it is like you are in the car with Celia. She is talking to you, and it is it is truly, truly a thing that you cannot teach. It's a thing that you cannot learn. It's a thing that you have or you don't. And Celia does. Well, how does it feel to, to you know you? People get their days days going. You're you're the first thing they hear in the morning outside of themselves or family. You know, it is, is something very. First of all, we started in the pandemic, as Jason said. So I was like, oh sure, I'll be morning host. I'm not doing anything at night. Like I'll go to bed at eight thirty every night and wake up at four thirty. And this rules. And then live music came back, and I was like, hey boss, <laughs> hey hey boss, I'm gonna go to all these shows too. But just trust me, I can do this. So I've learned to nap. Um, I don't want to give up mornings because it is part of who I am now. And I feel like I have my like crew, my early risers. I'm engaging in real time uh, live a lot of times, you know, on Instagram or Twitter or uh, sometimes taking requests over the phone, which feels very commercial radio. But we do have that option. Um, it's so fun to commune with people and feel like we are starting the day together. And so I really love my day part, as we call it, in the biz, but my time slot. Um, and I think it's like now I wake up on weekends early as can be. <laughs> and it's involuntary, but I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Now, the Nashville Artist of the Month is where the station does a deep dive into a local musician who's on the rise. You know, what are you all emphasizing here? What's the inspiration behind it? For Nashville Artist of the Month, we really want to talk about someone who is doing something unique and interesting and maybe like, you know, that isn't being talked about as much in across Nashville. What do you think, Celia? Yeah, I think it's um, this, it's we're allowed to. We have the privilege to do a deep dive instead of saying, here's this artist and they're from here. The, the press release, right, mm -hmm. is something we could just read on air once. We get to be like, no, what, like, what, what's this angle? What's their story really? Let's spend time with them. And that. And it's just so rare. Like you mm -hmm. just don't – like other radio stations just like don't afford people to go that deep with an mm -hmm. artist. You most, – most places are just like churning out headlines or spinning yeah. a press release. And we get to go somewhere with the artist. We get to – um, like be in a place with them and really get to understand them and then highlight them. Mm -hmm. All right, so, so yeah. here, here's a clip that when you talk to former Nashville Artist of the Month bully, Celia, right. you know, that's the name, the singer and songwriter Alicia Bonianu plays under uh, Bully's latest album, Lucky For You, is a part of a tribute to her dog, Mezzi, who yeah. passed away. Let's hear her talk about that. 
and I can't even explain what it was like just like sitting next to her I just felt like stronger in every way you know like when I was with her I was like so confident we're gonna conquer the world <laughs> you know it was just like she was my like other half fully showed me how to love in a way that I had never really experienced What did you learn about Bully when you did that deep dive? <clears throat> well, first of all, I got way too much audio because I loved hanging out with Alicia so much <laughs> that then the editing was actually really hard to make it radio right. ready. But that's the that's the flip side of getting the privilege of spending time. I learned so much about um, Alicia's craft. She took me into her recording studio and showed me all the gear she used, and she just lit up. And again, being able to translate that on the radio, even though they weren't there, listeners weren't there in that room, I tried to make that come to life. Uh, and then we got really deep, and you heard the cicadas. We were sitting on her porch forever. Like, sun was going down and talking about Mezzi, and I had a dog pass away um, in the pandemic as well. And so we were, like, really broing down, talking about the inspiration for her songs, but in a real human-to-human -human way, and it was meaningful to me. And I hope listeners learned a little bit more than, again, the press release or the, the write-up on Sub Pop's record you know, site. And I think the thing that, like, when I'm listening to that piece right here, like, you can hear the cicadas. And I think that that's a, a big separator for WNXP from, like, other music stations across the country is that it kind of it comes from the mind of Jason Moon Wilkins, who is a news guy, mm -hmm. you know? And so our approach to interviewing an artist, like, I, I never left the studio to interview an artist. Like you you work at a music station, artists come to you. You you were in the studio, you're on air for like five hours during a live broadcast. Like this is the first time that I went out into the field and you can hear in these stories that they're, they're music stories and it's more than just having somebody in on the day of their release and maybe play a song or two for five minutes. Like mm -hmm. we're making news stories out of music. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville and I'm your host, Khalil Lake-Alona. We're talking this hour about the magic that happens at our sister station, WNXP, with Celia Gregory and Justin Barney. Tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. Now, Justin, to your point, you produced an audio postcard when you hung out with singer Jesse Wilson at her studio. Her song Keep Rising appeared in the movie The Woman King last year. Let's listen to a little bit from your location visit. Um, one, two, three, and rise up. Rise up. Rise in. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. That's where the lyrics came from. Right. Before the movie came about, like that was just really my feeling, like just about like us really as black people. Like yeah. we just have to keep going, doing what has already been done for generations before us and not really lose momentum. Like we have to keep that same energy that our ancestors had. We have to keep that same energy, like, you know, the people before us had. So that's where it like, came from in my gut. to the people, belongs to the people, belongs to the people, belongs to the people, the power belongs to the people, belongs to the people, belongs to the people. What was it like being a fly on the wall when talented people like that were working? There's just few cities that have that. You know, we were at, we were in a 
studio that was two blocks from the house that I live. I walked them, <laughs> you know, and that's like that's that's just a thing. People come here to record. They come here to make music. And most cities don't have that. And that story itself, I think, ended up being something like three minutes long. And that was three hours of recording with two mics and then taking taking those three hours and crafting and making something and breaking it down and rewriting and taking bits and layering and talking to Julie and doing all this work for three minutes of audio. That is just such a special thing to be able to do. And as like, like the thing that we want to do is respect your time. You know, we don't want to be wasting your time. We want you to be getting the the, the the best that you can possibly get in the shortest amount of time. So like this editing and uh, condensing this down is super important to make something that is worthy of an artist like Jesse Wilson making this song for uh, the woman king and doing it at a backyard studio in East Nashville, Tennessee. Now you mentioned that you're you're in two places at one time to find the yeah. laws of physics. You have a show going on right now. What can people tune into when what what could they hear when they tune into you? Um, for me, I think that like one thing that really drew me to music is, uh, I mean, is the music itself. Like I am, I am extremely passionate about music. Like I, I, my favorite thing in the world is to hear people talking about the things that they love. And I love talking about the things that I love. So when I really like, like I found this this song this weekend by Slaughter Beach Dog that I've been listening to that I, you know, I'm going to play on the radio today. And it's like, I can't wait to play this song and talk about how much I love it because it's like, it's the discovery and the sharing mm -hmm. of this music that I love that makes it special to me. So I think that's what you get from me. Can I push in just for a second? Yeah. I think that something that's bubbling up in me is that like the, the gift that we have is the chance to talk to these artists the mandate that some journalism outlets have is to like be a critic, right? Like a lot of music journalism is about like yeah. eviscerate this album because it's not as good as their first one or whatever. We get to be fans. Yeah. And if we're going to be complimentary of somebody and that we're connecting with them and because we love their art, that's a different tone. That's a different conversation. And uh, yeah, all day, every day we get to talk about like, I love this song. This is rad. Don't you agree? Here it goes. Like, and it feels nice to not. Uh, be in the business of like mudslinging. We're just trying to uh -huh. elevate artistry. Has an audience member or a listener ever disagreed with you when you say this is one of the best <laughs> songs out there? Oh, yeah. What do they? What? How's that go? My, I had an old um, coworker in Milwaukee who used to say, "I was like, I, I was playing a song that I like, and I was worried about that. I was worried. I was like, you know, this is a weird song, and I think that some people aren't going to like this." And he said, Justin. Every single time you play a song on the radio, it's someone's least favorite song. <laughs> like, Thanks, man. I was like, that's so funny because it's like so you can't right. Can't win them all. You, you can't, can't win them all. Do you take requests? Oh yeah. Oh, I. My favorite thing to do is to give the microphone to somebody else. Mm. Like holler at me. Like especially, I mean, we post a lot on Twitter. X. X. And uh, okay, um, so. <laughs> So if you yeah. like, if you want to get at us, like we're in the business of playing songs that you want to play. A lot of a lot of places can't do that. Mm -hmm. If you're like in a top forty format or like whatever, like you have to like fit the format. Mm -hmm. But like we are stewards <laughs> of the people, and that's right. we that's like what we love doing. My all request show on Thursday mornings is wild because it is that it's built on the yeah. really diverse interests of the people, and when it sticks to a theme, but it could like jump generations, genres. Um, continents, it's so fun. And we're on the radio every day. So it's not like, 
I'm not going to get to play my favorite song. Like, we're going to get to play it. Yeah. <laughs> so please, get at us. You know, we want to hear do. you. Justin Barney is the assistant program director for WNXP. Justin, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much, Cleo. And Celia Gregory is going to stick with us through the break. When we come back, we'll meet some more voices of WNXP and learn about the live shows they put on in studio and throughout the city. What's your favorite WNXP moment? You can tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. When one of your favorite artists or bands is coming to town to perform, do you rush out to get tickets? Look, I don't blame you if you do, and I don't blame you if Ticketmaster gets in the way. But one of the best things about falling in love with great music is the opportunity to see your favorites perform live. Those small, intimate moments. With new and emerging artists, that is what WNXP provides on a regular basis. It also has hosts of voices that you'll hear on weekends and sometimes during the week because it's not just the regular hosts at WNXP. It's people from all over the world who are contributing to the new music experience. Jude Mason is a weekend host at WNXP. Jude, thank you so much for being here and welcome to This Is Nashville. It's your first time. It is. Thanks for having me. Really great to have you. Talk to me about your musical journey. Did you set out to do all this when you were back home in the UK? I did. Yes. Basically, I'm very lucky growing up in the UK, uh, grew up listening to public radio, the BBC, mm-hmm. and, and, and with an eclectic, publicly funded multi-genre radio that is there and it's part of the fabric of the culture of the UK. And growing up, I fell in love with music radio, I fell in love with BBC Radio One, particularly uh, John Peel, Steve Lamack, Simon Mayo, Annie Nightingale, all these amazing people who were introducing varied and eclectic artists, and I just loved it. And I also loved the fun of daytime radio. Simon Mayo was the morning host when I was in high school, and I used to listen to them on the radio, and I was like, "That's what I want to do." And I was very lucky that I did. By the age of twenty-five, I was working at Radio One, and I was there for over a decade. So how'd you find your way here to WNXP? A man. I started visiting Nashville. First time I visited Nashville was like 97 and I met my best friend actually. Uh, and I would come over to visit a couple of times a year. And then I met my husband and ended up marrying him and moving here full time in 2008. And then I actually looked at doing radio when I first got here and there wasn't a radio station I felt like I could be a part of. Hmm. Uh, And so when I found that this was becoming a reality, that WNXP was happening, I emailed Jason Moon Wilkins and I was like, hi, this is me. This is who I am. How can I be involved? And it took a minute, but here I am. And I (laughs) I love it. It's it's such a uh, gift to be able to do what I've always loved in my new home and bring what I've grown up with into the mix as well. So you're here living this gift. Yeah. What's your favorite part of the job? Well... 
Actually, I'd never, I was a producer. So I was uh, the people sitting here through the glass. That's what I did at the BBC for 15 years. And I've become a host and that has been so much fun. And just like Justin just said, and I know that Celia, we are all such music fans. And I'm the person who uh, ha- holds their phone and says, have you heard of this person? Or no, listen, listen to this right now and mm-hmm. sticks it in a solo cup so you can hear the music properly. Um, I love curating playlists. I love being able to do that. So being able to put together a show and introduce bands. And one of the great things about WNXP is the way it says it's Nashville's music discovery station. Music discovery is not about new music per se. I've loved being able to play brand new music that I'm discovering, but also stuff that I love that was part of the fabric of me growing up. So Jason and Wilkins and I are the same age. We have very different touch points because we grew up on different points of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And I love that there's so many different voices here. And I love being able to put my little spin into the mix. <laughs> so you are known for knowing the music. You shared a clip with us from the last dinner party. I want to check it out. sentence now at last I know just how you felt I dig my fingers in expecting more than just the skin That's really cool. It is. What do you love about them? So these are a five-piece group from South London called The Last Dinner Party. It's five girls who met at university. They dress like Jane Austen vampire cosplay. Wow. But, yeah, it's kind of that they're, they're cute and weird. And I heard about them through old friends of mine. They started doing gigs at this tiny venue called The Windmill in Brixton, which is broken people since the 70s. But it's a tiny back room of a pub that's not much bigger than the studio that we're in. Um, And people were going to see them and people were posting clips on their Instagram and people were talking about it and they didn't have any music out. For two years, they just played live. Mm. And then they got signed to Ireland and... And I was very excited to when I saw, I kind of listened, troll old DJs that I love to see what they've been playing, to, to see anything new. And Steve Lamack had played this, and I, I got in touch with Justin Barney. I was like, okay, we have to play this. It's amazing. Please, can you find it? And we managed to source a clean copy because, ladies and gentlemen, if you go and listen to that on Spotify, it is a little bit ruder than you just heard on the radio. <laughs> right. So you're finding and sourcing clean copies. And I just, I love that this is something from my old life that is mm-hmm. huge that I can then bring over here. That's awesome. Celia Gregory, the morning host of WNXP, is still with still, us. You can't kick Thank me you. out, huh? Thank <laughs> you for being here. Okay, so NPR has the famous Tiny Desk concert series, but we have kind of our own little forum for mm-hmm. performances. It's called the Sonic Cathedral, and it hosts artists from all places to perform. Now, Emily Young is the person who runs the Sonic Cathedral, but she couldn't be with us today. So feel better, Emily. 
Celia, talk to us a little bit about the artists that have come through and have performed there. Oh, man. The Sonic Cathedral is my happy place, um, in addition to Ryman Auditorium, of course. But as far as the size of this place, so much magic happens in there. It's right down the hall, obviously. We have invited a lot of artists that, if we're playing their music currently, we know would be relevant to our audience, right? Uh, at first, because the pandemic was still like... It was really touch and go for folks that were getting back to touring. If this was an optional thing and one more way for them to possibly be exposed, they might say no. So it was like at the beginning we didn't get we weren't batting 100 or whatever it is. Um, but we had a lot of folks say yes as they would come through town, which everybody tours here now. So it might be that we have a local artist in. It also might be that we have somebody coming from way far away. Uh, as in like internationally touring artists. And then that's really special because it might also be the only thing on the internet that's produced in such a way. Mm. And it's right here in Nashville that we get to claim it. We, we post most of our videos on YouTube. And then we found that these are like highly shareable, much like Tiny Desks. So it's like a, a huge feather in our cap, I should say. All right. Uh, speaking of Tiny Desk, we had Peter One at the Sonic Cathedral listen, recently. Let's listen to that session. Tell me like it won't clay Let us speak Dress up princess Much my suit Let us go You are my heart Satisfy my soul. She's everywhere. We've been together. Whoa, beautiful woman. I love you. It's really special about that moment. Uh, I'm so touched listening to that. I wasn't in studio when that one was recorded, but I love how with the headphones here, but even in your car, you can hear the the fingers on the strings. You can hear him enunciate. You can even hear him like spit in his mouth almost to that, to that level. It's a beautiful song. It's stripped down and it's mixed for audio and video consumption, right? So this is not just a like iPhone video. This is a, a whole process that we have in here and we feel like these artists deserve it like this is a special thing that they get and can share with their fans whether their audience is growing or they've had fans for decades this is the case with peter one who was huge in his native country of the ivory coast and has just come back around to music another nashville artist of the month that we've been able to go deeper with and then and, you know top it off with a live session that can be shared all over the internet you've been to a couple of the sessions how how do the artists respond to being in the cathedral too yeah, music. we're so fortunate because this is, there are not a lot of spaces like this. Not every radio station has one that's really set up acoustically for this, much less than the, the mastering and all the stuff that happens after post-production. But it's also really pretty. It's visually uh, compelling in there. We commissioned local artists to do panels on the roof or the ceiling, rather. And then we have the stage and we have our colors, yellow and blue. So a lot of folks are like, wow, this is cool in here. And then they're really pleased with the result after. Uh, it's also very intimate. So COVID or no COVID, we only have a few people in there. And a lot of times it does get to be me if I'm going to interview the band after. I'll watch the session so I can tailor questions to what they played. But it's really just the videographer, the, the sound engineer, Emily, telling them to run a show and keeping the wheels on the thing, and whoever's interviewing. And then the band. So it's wildly intimate. Uh, and yet, again, they can come really full rocking like we have other examples of. Uh, or it can be like Peter One, and it's so delicate, like it mm. sounds on record. It really 
it sounds the best and looks the best that they're worth. It's been there for a while, but it still has that new studio smell. <laughs> I love it. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil A. Colonna. We're talking this hour about the magic of WNXP with Jude Mason and Celia Gregory. Please tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. Now, you all are the tastemakers of the building. And, Clip, Jude, you have this clip that you want us to hear. Tell us a little bit, before we hear it, tell us a little bit about Daisy Chainsaw. Oh, this is, so this is a, one of the, New music discovery isn't necessarily about new music. So Daisy Chainsaw is a band that they were uh, kind of one of the original like Riot Girl bands in the UK in the early 90s. Um, Katie Jane Gartside, they opened for Hole, for Courtney Love's band Hole, mm -hmm. but they didn't break out of the UK. Mm -hmm. So I, as a young adult, watched them on a television show called The Word, and I remember falling in love with them Im immediately, like, because their name was Daisy Chainsaw and the electric guitar sounds like a chainsaw. And it, this energy and this power was incredible. And then I came over here and I'm talking to Jason uh, and Justin and everyone here, and they're like, who? I've never heard of these people. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have to hear this. So it's the kind of thing that I love that it's just really beats home that music discovery isn't necessarily about brand new music. It's a, it can be a new favorite even if it's 30 years old. Let's take a listen. That sounds good. I like that. It's got like a gritty nature to it, yeah. but it's also kind of shiny and pretty at the same time. It is. She was, she's just a remarkable front woman. Um, and, and having like young adult children now as well, I think that be, I'm, I just turned 50. We got to grow up. We get to experience, I got to experience all of this music in real time. So I got to hear 80s music in the 80s. Like the, uh, we only had, 30 years of catch up when I started being into music and music discovery. My kids have 60 years mm -hmm. of music and it's all there in one place and it can be massively overwhelming. So I remember my son on a school run saying, hey, I found this new band. I'm like, oh, who are they? Rage Against the Machine. I'm like, oh, sweetie. <laughs> like, and, but that I love about music radio, Justin was saying like about journalism, but curation is a lost mm -hmm. art. Mm -hmm. And I love that one of the stings on WNXP says, you know, stuff the breaking the breaking the, the robots didn't think you'd like. Um, we are real people who have real stories and real connection with the music. And when somebody who you know introduces you to something you're much more likely to listen to it. And that's the intimacy of radio. When you're watching television, when you're reading a magazine, you're sitting down and doing it. Radio comes with you. It mm. comes into your car, into your kitchen, into wherever you are, and it does what you're doing with you. And to, so to be able to bring this 
into these things that radio is such a gift and music radio to be able to say, hey, you might have missed this or look at this new thing or, oh, I love this. This is my favorite or this was my mum's favorite or, you know, mm. and it's a it is a gift. Well, Celia, tell us what's a new music discovery that you have that we should keep our ears open oh. for. Darn it. Khalil, I didn't know you were going to ask me that one. I'm not the tastemaker in the building. I'm still stuck on my Oasis and Led Zeppelin and stuff. Um, no, but I really, I'm like the, I, I do, I'm the resident crier in chief and I also love like the riffy rock and roll. Um, I, and I'm not just saying this so Jude, to stay in her good graces, I really love so many of the young bands coming out of the UK right now. And um, I was just playing sports team this morning, a band who hasn't uh, been here recently, and we're going to, they're playing Exit In in October, hip to that show. Um, Yard Act. Well, of course, Yard Act, of course, is what I was going to say. I'm like obsessed with them. I've seen them twice out of this country because they haven't been here yet, and they're playing in Nashville in November also. Uh, of course, Wet Leg, we talked about earlier in the show. I just, because I grew up, I had a very unique not unique, but very uh, American suburban experience. I was only listening to Top 40 Radio. I would have never heard that cool alternative band that opened for Hole. Uh, now we can introduce folks to um, bands and artists from all over the world and weave them in with some of our hometown heroes mm -hmm. and favorites. And that's what you never know how a given 20 minutes or 30 minutes of music is going to sound on the radio at WNXP. You just know you're going to have some comfy, cozy, familiar like an old mm -hmm. 90s hit, and then something really cutting edge that nobody else is playing. I mean, you guys kind of span the map. We Sometimes you tune in, I can hear the Linda Lindas, the teen punk rock sensation, and then right after that, you're playing Janet Jackson, the pleasure principal. You're right. You know, it's <laughs> such a wonderful kaleidoscope of music that you all offer. Mm. Yeah. You know, how special is that for you, It's G? It's very special, and, and it's something that I was lucky, again, to grow up with, and that's what I love about WNXP. Like, I'm sitting in for Emily today because she's poorly. I'm going to be playing this brand new, I'm going to be playing Best Coast into Al Green and okay. then a brand new one from Corin Bailey Ray. Like it's, it, it's such a, it's such a big mix. Um, and, but you know that because it's humans that are here mm -hmm. and that we are Nashvillians and that we are music lovers that you can trust us. That if, if you like this old track that we're playing, then this new track that we're playing is probably going to be something that you like too. You can trust the humans. Don't worry about the algorithms. Well, I want to thank my <laughs> guests, my humans, Jude Mason, the weekend host, and Celia Gregory. She's the morning host at WNXP. Thanks to you both for keeping us in the know when it comes to the cool tunes. Really appreciate y'all. Thank you for having us down the hall. Thank you so much. I love it. We're going to make a habit of it. Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> and thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville. It's a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by yours truly. Our senior producer is Steve Harouche. Michaela Elias is our technical director. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The conversation doesn't end here. You can tweet us at This Is Nashville or find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ecolona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other. <laughs>